<laughs> the Lord God has given me the tongue of the land that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the land. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. Eternal life. Eternal life. Very good for the soul. Amen. Eternal life is so good for the human soul. Is this the life of God for a human soul? It's hard to truly enjoy life in this present world without eternal life. Jesus came to give us eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. There's a life that will never die. It's everlasting life. It's a life that all of us need. And I thank God I can boldly say I have eternal life. I'm not going to have eternal life. I already have eternal life. I know where I'm going. If I die today, I close my eyes right here. I, I know I will see God face to face. I never had that confidence all my life. Until I met with the Lord Jesus Christ. You can have eternal life. Eternal life is available to us. But eternal life is only available through the grace of God. It's not something that you can do. You can't work hard to possess eternal life. It's a gift. It comes from God for you to receive. And it's an everlasting gift. It renews itself daily, forever. It's always there. It's eternal life. Every human being needs eternal life. You're dead while living if you don't have eternal life. Eternal life is so needed by mankind. It took God sending His Son into the world to make it available for us. But you cannot have eternal life until you believe... And you humble yourself. Grace is what brings eternal life to us. Grace is the power of God within us that helps us to see ourselves the way we really, or the way God really sees us. You won't see yourself the way God sees you except through the grace of God. And when God opens your eyes to see yourself the way he sees you, you want a transformation. You want to be changed. He takes just the grace of God to truly see ourselves. But when God grants you that grace to see yourself the way he sees you, that's a blessing coming from God. Grace is the power of God. That helps you to have a godly sorrow that will lead you to true repentance. Otherwise, all you have is a feeling of condemnation. I'm not worthy. No one is worthy. I don't think I'll make it to heaven. No one on their own will be able to make it. 
that when God opens your eyes through the grace of God, then you are able to see that heaven is available for you. You can have God in your life. We cannot live the Christian life without the grace of God. You cannot be anything in life without the grace of God. Grace is the building block with which God builds your life. But that grace has to be given to us by God. For by grace are we saved through faith. And that, not of yourself. Not of yourself. The faith is needed, but the faith came through grace. And the grace, the faith, is not of yourself. It's the gift of God. Lest anyone should boast. Because everyone is a sinner. Everyone is sin. I asked them in prison. I like going to prison. And please join us. Put your name down. I need you to join us. They, they are begging for you to come. How many lies do you have to tell to be a liar? One lie. And Revelation says all liars go to hell. That's everybody. Because <laughs> everyone is told a lie. But it takes God's grace for total forgiveness so that it's as if you never did anything wrong. Justification. Like you've never sinned. That's what Jesus brought to us. As if you've never done anything wrong. As if you've never told a single lie. That's why it's the gospel. God doesn't hold it against you just because you put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Just believing. That's all God's asking. Because when Adam failed in the garden, he failed because he couldn't believe God totally. He allowed Satan to, to sow a seed of unbelief and he did what God said not to do. And God said, come back to me by trusting in me, trusting in everything that I've done through faith, believing in him. Then you see, well, see yourself the way God sees you. And when you see yourself the way God sees you, then you, the scripture is fulfilled. Blessed are those, blessed are the poor in spirit, he says. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You begin to see yourself as poor in spirit so that God can fill you up and because, so that you can become the person that God originally in his mind created you to be. That's only when that's possible. Everything you receive on earth comes through the grace of God. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16, it says, Come boldly before the throne of grace. Guess what God's, God's throne is called? It's called the throne of grace. God's throne, God sits on the throne, um, the mercy seat, the throne of grace. Come boldly. God's inviting you to come boldly to his throne of grace. That you may obtain mercy. Because that's the mercy seat. And find grace to help in times of need. Every time you have a need, you go to the throne of grace. And there's help for you. I don't care how long the problem has been. You come boldly to his throne. God wants you to come boldly. Why? Because you cannot be denied. Because of what Jesus has done. Any human can come. Sinner or saint. When a sinner comes, he finds his sins forgiven and gets what he wants. Amen. 
If you're not excited, I'm excited about that. Oh yes, you can come and receive from God what you want. You, when you come into His presence, you see yourself and you don't like what you see. And He says, don't worry. Just like in uh, Isaiah chapter 6, he, he cleanses you. And then He fills your life with His goodness. Paul said in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 10, he says, I am what I am by the grace of God. That great apostle, he was what he was. Probably the great one of, I mean, apart from Jesus, the greatest human that's ever lived. That's what we are told in history. The greatest human being that's ever lived is Apostle Paul. The history books tell us that. He had the greatest influence. On this world, this earth, then till now. And he said, I am who I am by the grace of God. But I'm going to let you know this. Grace won't come near you without humility. That's where I'm going. You won't find grace, the power to live for God, the power to be pleasing to God, the power of influence on the earth. You won't find that. The power of your needs met. You won't find that without humility. So that's the first place. If you read in Matthew chapter 5, they're talking about the Beatitudes, that's the foundation. The foundation for a good life in this world. That's the foundation. And the very, it's like mountain climbing. When you start climbing a mountain, you start from the bottom, right? You can start from the top, and in the beginning, that's the B attitude. If you want to make it to the top, these are the attitudes you have to have. The first one, the, the very first step up the mountain, humility. You're not going anywhere without that. That's the foundation. No grace without humility. And you can't be saved without grace. You're going nowhere with God without grace. You won't even have any understanding of God without His grace. When God wants to reveal Himself to you, He's by His grace. Everything is by His grace. So you cannot boast. It's just God's favor. But until you see yourself the way He sees you, and you can't make yourself humble. Just come the way you are. If you really come into his presence, you'll see yourself the way he sees you. And guess what? You'll fall on your face just like Moses did. Every one of them. Just like Isaiah did. I'm a man of unclean lips. And I live. He was a prophet already. But when he saw God, he was different. And that's where his ministry took off after that day. Because he met grace that day after he humbled himself. God wants to give more grace. James chapter 4 verse 6 tells us. He says, but he gives, he gives more grace. God wants to give more grace. So therefore, because God wants to give more grace, and like the word therefore, therefore he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. That's where, why God says that. 
the reason he's saying not to condemn you is just to tell you, when you humble yourself, I already want to give you more grace to make you just like the Apostle Paul. To make you just like Peter. To make you great in life. To meet all of your needs. He gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. He gives grace to the humble. I'm going to talk about maybe two or three things about what humility for God is. Service is humility. Service to God is humility. When you serve among your brothers and sisters in Christ, that's humility. And God will lift you up. Jesus said, the one who wants to be the greatest among you must be what? Servant. I see in church people don't want to serve. And if they want to serve, they want to take the preacher's place. Oh, yes. They want the lamb light. <laughs> I can tell you from experience, until you get here, you won't know what this is all about. <laughs> it's not fun being a preacher, pastor. But that's what they want. They want the exposure. I want, I want to be up there. That's no way is that. That's not where he's at. We're family now. Once you become a Christian. I've always seen that. I love my Christian brothers and sisters. They are there in my heart. Whether they wrong me or not. They are family to me. That's the way it is. I love my Christian brothers. It's always been that way for me. I love my Christian brothers. My family even accused me. You love your Christian brothers more than you love us. They told me to my face. Back when I got saved. I love them. But I'm not going to lord it over them. I'll serve with them. Amen. And that's not... If you know you're humble, uh, something is wrong. <laughs> I'm very humble. Oh God, please help us. <laughs> Here comes trouble. Okay. Because you, you won't know. You can't tell. They'll say it about you. That's when it makes sense. Okay? But when God has found a man not humble, notice Jesus said, come unto me, I'm humble in spirit. In spirit. Many of us have heard about Oral Roberts. Hello? When you see him on television, just like that man is so proud. Who does he think he is? I've heard unbelievers say that about him when he's on television. And the image you get is, this man is so full of himself. No, he's just full of God's word. Hello. And some people thought, we, have to go, we want to go interview, I read it in, uh, 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 I think, at a Charisma magazine. The editors, they wanted to go interview Oral Roberts in those days. And they were scared today because they said, boy, we don't know how he's going to treat, he's going to treat us. They were scared because this larger-than-life individual on television, healings and all of that, the way he talks. And when they got to his office, they were waiting for him, and they were thinking, oh, my God, why did we even arrange to talk to this guy? You know, he may be so arrogant and, and just talk us down and just dismiss us. They said when they left him, we didn't know that he was like this. 
the most humble person you ever come across. They, they said we were blown away. The way he treated them, the way he received them. As his Christian brothers. Then they found out his secret. That's why he's great. Amen? That's why he's great. There is a man that is, uh, people, is, this is what he said of him. He's probably preached to more people on a face-to-face basis than any human that's ever lived. His name is already in Christian history books while he's still alive. You read about him. He's from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Great influence all around the world. Presidents, write letters. Please come. Come come to preach to our nation. We'll send a presidential limousine to pick you up from the airport. Yes. Well known all over the world. Great miracles. Probably no one has ever seen as many miracles as he's seen. I was in Tulsa some, maybe a couple of years back. I was preaching there. And somebody told, so, said, the pastor uh, in whose church I, I, you know, I had preached said, I want to show you where T.L. Osborne uh, goes to church. And I said, really? So I, I, for me, I was on my way to the airport, but this is a good distraction for me. I, want to see, I wanted to see where he went. This man, great man of God, where he goes to church. And so we drove in, and I was expecting a huge church. It was just a small church, not too large. We drove in there, and uh, he said to me, uh, his pastor is a black woman. Wow. And he said, well, really? Nothing wrong with being a black woman, but this is a white man that is known all over the world, if you know, and he's over 70. But that's his pastor. And then he told me something that shocked me. He said, Brother you remember the first time I came to, his, to this church, I, I walked in with my friends, and a, a man welcomed us. He had his uh, usher's jacket on with the label on his chest, usher. And he was welcoming them. He said, welcome to our church. You will love our church. Our church and our pastor. Our pastor is great. And they're looking at him like, this guy looks like T.L. Osman. And then they turned around and said, T.L. Osborne. He said, yeah. you T.L. Osborne an usher in the church? Think about it. That's the man that's known all around the world. There are p- people that he had discipled. People he discipled that have become head of denominations in co- different countries in the world. Here in Tulsa, in a small church, he's an usher. He won't even tell you that, that this is T.L. husband. He's welcoming you to his church. We can't get people to do that. They want to be behind the pulpit. This is the secret of greatness. Humility. They, they finally discovered why this man is so great. Service. Service. 
He wasn't out preaching. He was back in his church. He wants to serve. Not sit back. He wants to serve. He wants to hand out bulletins and welcome people to church. Most great men won't do that. If you want to be one, number one, you got to serve. That's what this is all about. It's really quiet in here this morning. But that's the truth. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. Let's serve Him. Amen? Let's serve one another. Let nothing be too trashy for you to do in the church. I got to do it. It's my father's house. I've got to serve. I've got to help them to bring them in. To welcome them in. That's what Jesus wanted. That's how we become great in him. That's why Jesus said, learn of me. Because I am meek. He said, I came. I'm not living among you as one to be served. I serve you. That's humility. Last week I talked about those coming to Christ. Now I'm talking to believers about the importance of humility in a Christian's life. Look at what this scripture says. Romans chapter 12 verse 16. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be hurdy, snobbish, high-minded, exclusive. This is the amplified version. But readily adjust yourself to people and things as well. And give yourself to humble tasks. This is scripture. Never overestimate yourself. Or be wise in your own conceits. You know, we just started a church back then... uh, in my home. And I went to visit one of our church members. And they were trying to tell me uh, how to be a pastor. And they told me, this person said, uh, listen, real pastors, this is what they preach. So the implication is, you are not a real pastor. <laughs> That's what I got. You are not a real pastor. So I'm thinking, you've never been a pastor. How do you know that? How do you know that? Don't be high-minded. Don't be exclusive. You walk with your Christian brothers. You know, when I see somebody, you're taking yourself from task. Everybody is busy doing God's work, but you're so big, so spiritual, you can't be a part of it. You're not spiritual to me. I know the scriptures. I know the scriptures. If you're really interested in what God's doing, He says, mind people of low degree. Be with them. If you know, then teach them. It's very important. That's the important thing about this. That's humility. I've seen it all. When they come in here and they are very spiritual, I already marked them. I know that. It's not in the raising of the hands and all of that. I'm, I'm, I'm don't pass that stuff. I want to see God at work in your life. That's the important thing. That's the important thing. Humility. 
People get so easily, you just cross them, they get so offended. I mean, maybe you're not even aware you're doing anything wrong to them, but they're so, so offended. But the Bible wants us to be brothers and sisters in Christ and serve one another, promote one another. That's what the scripture says. No bitterness. No bitterness. We're family. We're family. And God wants more people. You know, Jesus prayed for us, for us to be one. John chapter 17. And Satan always will come in trying to divide, trying to cause us trouble, trying to separate us. I don't blame for that. I do what I have to do. But my mind is, we are one in Christ. We love Jesus. You love Jesus. I love Jesus. I'm not perfect, and I know you're not. We're all learning. Amen. But we must work together. Don't be high-minded. Associate with people of low degree. Stay with them. I told myself years ago, when I was newly saved, God, I don't know where this journey is going to lead, lead my life. But no matter how far you get me, whether through material things or spiritual things, I'm one of your children. And I'll be with my brothers and sisters. If we have to go knocking on doors together, I'll do it with them. I'm going anywhere they go that we're family. Amen? I can't be much better than any one of them. No, no more more than them. You got to humble yourself. And that's not just saying it. Let God do that. And I know one thing. If you tell God and you commit it to God, God will do it. If it comes out of your mouth and you tell God, I want to be as humble. God will do that. Because that's your heart's desire. And the desires of a righteous man shall be granted. That's what the scripture says. Submission is humility. People don't like the word submission. And generally in, in the marriage situation, the men take advantage of that. The Lord says the wife should submit to the husband. <laughs> we like the word. But submission is humility. When you submit, God lifts you up. You're not going down when you submit. You're going up. You found the secret of going up when you submit. Especially when it's not in a situation where you think you should, but you did it anyway. For what reason? Because of Him. He's going to lift you up. You humble yourself and God lifts you up. You lift up yourself, God says, uh-uh, you're going down. Pride goes... You know the way I see it? You are proud. You're going ahead. And guess what's following you behind? A fall. It's right there by you. you fall, you're going to go down. So it's very important. Look at this scripture. First Peter chapter 5, verse 5. Likewise, you younger people. That's me. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Likewise, you, younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. That's scripture. Don't argue with your parents. The young ones are laughing. <laughs> Mom, you know, 
I don't think you really understand. We are of the digital age, and we understand these things, yeah? But there are things that mama knows that you don't know. You better listen before you get in trouble. Don't let your pride get, get, ahead, of you, get ahead of you. Learn the lesson one way or the other. Uh, listening to mama is better. Yes, all of you be submissive one to another and be what? Clothed with humility. Wear it. Wear it. And then it tells you why again. God resists the proud and he gives grace to the humble. So wear humility around your life so that God can lift you up. God can lift you up. So submission is a part of humility. Submission. I may not agree with you, but if you have authority over, if God has allowed that, how listen to what you're saying. That's what he's saying. There are principles in God's word. And if you're wrong, unless it's a false stuff that God doesn't want, but if it's something that has nothing to do with scripture, you submit for God's sake, and God's going to bless you. Let me read this scripture to you. This is about Jesus, Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 through 9. It says, let this mind be in you. Always have this mind. That's your soul. That's part of your mind, your, your being. Your mind is part of your soul. Be a part of this. Let this be part of your life. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. In other words, he knew he was equal with God. He knew it. He wasn't in any way inferior to the Father. He knew that. It's not robbery. He can say, I and the Father, we are one. We are like the same. But look at this. But made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bond servant, and coming in the likeness of men, and being found, this word is important, and being found in the appearance as a man, he was, he humbled himself. What is that saying? If you are a man, God wants you to humble yourself. Simple. Humility. That's the first place. I can't be a Christian without God. I can't help myself. God has to do it. When you think I got it, you don't got nothing. You need God. That's what Jesus said. Without me, you can do nothing. You need to. And look at what God did with him. He humbled himself and became obedient. In other words, he did what the Father wanted. Even to death, even the death of the cross. Because of his humility and his obedience, humility or obedience born out of humility, he listened to the Father. He says, therefore God has highly exalted him. You cannot humble yourself without an exaltation from God. It's impossible. And it always works. Even in your relationship in your home. When the husband or the wife, somebody needs to humble. If you want it to go well. 
and he rubs off on the other person. Amen? There's another laughing back there. <laughs> I am the boss. You got to listen to me. You got to change. Well, why don't you change first? You humble yourself, and they'll see the change, and they'll be, I want to be like you. Amen? And everything gets glorious in the home. Amen? Angela, stop laughing. (laughs) Another thing. Can I have a little bit more time today? Because it's very important. Yeah. Thank you. You're good. (laughs) My wife says, be careful with that time you think you got. Okay. (laughs) Prayer. If you're not praying, it's a clear sign you think you got it. And if you only pray when trouble come, <laughs> that means you're confused. It's an amazing thing. What could Jesus have been in need of? I always think about that. Because he says he went up to the mountain and he prayed all night. And then thinking, if he is God. What is he asking for all night? It was his way of humbling himself before his father. Amen? This whole thing, I think I said on Wednesday, this whole thing started in the garden. Remember that? The garden of Eden? After the supper, where did Jesus go? He went to the garden, right? Where it all started. He went to the Garden of Eden. Not Garden of Eden, but Garden Gethsemane. Different garden. The first garden was beautiful. Everything was good. This garden can be compared to the first. Because of what man has done. Yeah, he was in that garden. And there he humbled himself. He said he fell to his face. Fell on his face. Talking to his father. He said, if it's your will, can't you do it some other way? He was saying, that's the way we interpret it. You can do all things. But then he said, not my will. Your will be done. Even if it costs my life. And look at the result today. Every one of you sitting right now. Because of his obedience and his humility to his father. When you're not praying... Maybe you think you got it all. Maybe you think you know it all. Jesus was not like that. He said, learn from me. I am humble in spirit. And he prayed a lot. If you've never prayed in your life, hey, what's going on, brother? You can pray today. You can start this morning. It's humbling yourself. I'm going to close with this. Again, I'll go back. It's somebody I consider a mentor. Um, I've only met him once when Angela and I were in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. I'm talking about T.L. Osborne again. 
And uh, I, he, I, was, I actually listened to him when he came to Nigeria for the first time. I mean, this is the man that is considered the father of modern Christianity in Nigeria. He brought Christianity to us the way it is today. Mentored a man named Benson Idahosa, who became a nationally known figure, if you're from Nigeria, bold. And he told him, T.L. Osborne told him, you can't do the stuff that you're doing. You are a son of God. And made him such a, a strong believer. Changed everything in our country. Transformed Christianity. If you're there, you know about him. This man became the head of one denomination and has children all over the place. One of his children that he mentored probably has the largest church building in the whole world today. They see T.L. Osborne as their father. Most of us do, I do. He's our father. And T.L. Osborne, uh, this man, David, I've mentioned that with the men's fellowship, has a church that sees 50,000 people in one service. And they have about three or four services in one Sunday. Everyone packed. Maybe you Google the richest pastor in the world. The richest pastor in the world is not in the United States. It's in Nigeria. (laughs) That's the truth. Forbes magazine will tell you that. And T.L. Osborne was in his church. And to them, daddies come to us. The white man from Oklahoma has all these black kids in Africa. No kidding. <laughs> and they were so happy to have daddies here. Everybody was so excited. T.L. is here in church this morning with us. And he's going to speak to us. They love him. And the pastor himself is like, Daddy, you're here today. You're going to bless us. And he, he blessed them, I'm sure. But I was listening to David speak. And T.L. was going to a place. There's a reason why I'm telling you this story. T.L. was going to a place to minister. And after he had blessed his children and all of it, we have a tradition in Africa. uh, The one who is the top guy blesses the one who is coming to be blessed. And usually, uh, David himself, before he does anything, he goes to those that he considers his father, and he will kneel, and they will bless him. Before he's going to hold any crusade or anything, or seminar, conference, that's what he does. He will actually fly to the next city to meet the mentor, Ben Sanedahusa's wife, and he will kneel before her and say, put your hand, bless me, because I want to go do this uh, conference. T.L. was aware of that, that tradition. And T.L. was in their church, 50,000 plus people, and that's T.L. husband. And after he ministered, he said, uh, I want you all to pray for me because I'm going to hold a crusade back here, just like Reinhard Bunke. I'm going to hold a crusade in this country. I need you all to pray for me. And they were all glad to pray with their dad. And guess what he did? He knelt down. Pastor was talking to them, and he turned around and saw that T.L. was kneeling, waiting to be prayed for. And pastor, the whole congregation like, no way that's going to happen. You're not kneeling for us to pray for you. We'll all kneel and you pray for us. And pastor told him, we're not doing this. Nobody's going to pray for you. And David said, 
Now I know his secret. Humility. Could care less who he was. He could care less that these were all his children. He would kneel because he needed his God to be with him. And these guys were his brothers. He humbled himself. And, but they, would, they said, no way. Everybody was shocked. Well, why would we pray for him? We don't do that. We all kneel. You lay your hands on us. But we're not going to do that praying. And we, they made him stand. They pray. They honored him. Giving honor to whom honor is due. That's humility. It's not how much you know. It's how humble you are before God. Because promotion doesn't come from the east or the west. It comes from Him. Only Him. We need to humble ourselves before God. And humble ourselves before one another. Amen? Forgive. You're not that big shot. Forgive. Accept forgiveness. So that God can flow through your life. That's what is important about Christianity. We are all family. We are all family. I honor you, you honor me. If I've wronged you, I beg for forgiveness. Just let me know. Amen? So that God can pour into my life. We have to humble. Don't separate yourself. Don't think you know better than. And if, in fact, Paul says, those who compare themselves with themselves are not wise. Because you think you know better than everybody else. And you are very spiritual. I've seen them come in. They are not spiritual at all. It's not there. It's not there. That's just the truth. I won't say it, but I know. Don't judge them. But Scripture tells us very clearly. If you are spiritual, you walk with your Christian brothers and sisters. Just like T.L. did with his Christian brothers and sisters. He needed them to pray for him. He didn't say, well, I'm T.L. husband. I've done this before. I can go ahead and do this. No, you need your Christian brothers. You need them. We are family now. We belong to one another. We have to work together. You have your place and I have my place. My place is not bigger than your place. I listen to you, you listen to me. That's what Christianity is all about. Like somebody said this morning, I think it was uh, Shelley. I learn from you, you learn from me. We learn, we're family together. No one is too high. I want our church to be that. That's the way I'm pro- That's my prayer. I want us to be united. Working together. God just didn't call Angela and I to this church. He brought you to help us. We can do it. I can teach all the classes. In one Sunday. I need you. I can't be ministering here and teaching the children as well. I need you. We all work together. God put us together. That's my point today. Find your place in service. Don't be too busy for God's kingdom. Life's not long. Life's not that long. Take a time to give God something. So that when that day comes, He welcomes you. Because you're giving Him something. Your flesh might not like it. You may not sleep enough because you're doing something but do something for your God before your life is over please take a minute scripture says draw near to God and God will what draw near to you it's not about being a good person it's about serving the God that created you he'll make you good you can't make yourself good he has to if he doesn't 
it's over for him. He has to. He has to. This is what Christianity is all about. Love, unity, working together. Amen? It's too quiet here today, but it's good. Amen? And God is with all of us. God is with all of us. Bow your heads with me today. Thank you for giving me this time. It's not raining out now, so we'll be okay later. Usually I will ask for those who don't know Christ or want to receive Christ as Lord and Savior uh, to pray. The sinner's prayer, we call it the sinner's prayer, but it's really a prayer to say I'm committing my life to God. But I want all of us to do that today. And if you're doing that for the first time, really mean it in your heart. I guarantee you God hears you. He hears you. Just when we get through praying, that's all it says. Just speak the words. Your name will be written in God's Lamb, the God's book of life. The Lamb's book of life. Your name will be written there. If you said those prayers and you mean it, Adam didn't believe. Now God is asking you to believe what Jesus has done for you and he's taking all of your sins. Just believe it. Is that so hard to do? <laughs> he did it. That's the truth. Just believe it and accept Jesus into your life. That's all we need. And then promise I'm going to be committed to you. I will serve in your house. Because when you become one child of God, you're now a family member. You can do something in this house. That's all we're asking this morning. Amen. All heads bowed. And let's say this prayer together. Heavenly Father, you're not saying it like you really mean it. <laughs> it's too weak. And you're speaking to the Father. Now, I would like you to... You, God gave you the power of imagination. Imagine yourself right now with your eyes closed. You, are, you can see Jesus right in front of you. And I want you, as you pray, speak to him. Because that's exactly what's happening. He's right there, right in front of you. So say these words with me. And I'm praying to God also. Heavenly Father, thank you for your Son, our Lord, and our Savior. Thank you for his death on the cross. Thank you for his love for me. Thank you for your love for me. Today, I come to you needing you to take over my life. Lord Jesus, be the Lord of my life. Empower me to serve you with all of my heart, with all of my strength, with all of my mind. Thank you, Lord. I receive you, Lord Jesus, as my Lord and my Savior. I want to be committed to you. I will serve. I will serve. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.